0: Welcome to More to Come, P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded blessedly at the P.W. offices <laughs> in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of P.W. Comics World, and Editor of The Fanatic, P.W.'s twice-a-month month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics.
1: And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at at PW
2: Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer and you can find us online on Tumblr <clears throat> at PW Comics. Okay. You can find us online in on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com.
0: And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on the Apple podcast app, on Google podcasts and on Stitcher and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash PW Comics
1: and don't forget, you can leave us a rating on any of these fine platforms. Please give us a thumbs up, uh, thumbs down if you wish. But uh, just give us some feedback because we love to hear from our listeners.
0: What's the verdict? All right. <laughs> All right, All right. This week on more to come. Huh. D.C. dumpster fire with, with, with authority. All right. Vanishing valiant. That's a question mark at the end of that. Tapas taps out. Oh, yeah, that's another question mark at the end of that. Oni's ongoing issues. No, yeah, no question there. Uh, Harvey nominations, Tinyans totals, and The Sandman. All right.
1: Woof. <laughs> I don't <laughs> the even
0: know. DCU dumpster fire.
1: Well, let's I mean... just say it's been a tumultuous two weeks. Oh, to yeah. continue our alliterative authority here. Yes, yes. Uh And, you know, I can't remember. I think the Batgirl movie news, had that broken last time we were on the, the podcast? Well, it's
2: not just Batgirl.
1: Yeah, I know, yeah, but I'm
0: but just saying. I think saying, that was one of the first that was the big first, ones that well, I, I mean, noticed. I well, mean, maybe not the first, but well, I, but I, that I was noticed it. the
1: seismic. The yeah. Batgirl movie being canceled was the seismic. Yeah. It's like a
0: week and a half ago, Yeah, so ago, so, so like I that. guess
1: uh you know it might since we, our last show it our last yeah. show because uh basically as we've been talking about on this podcast for a while um uh Warner Brothers has a new owner discovery and uh, which they bought it from AT&T and you know there's a lot of criticism about how AT&T handled their IP and uh now there's a lot of criticism about discovery it's like bring back those AT&T guys <laughs> they really got it um but yeah it started when
2: well, it can be, you know, they were bad and they were also bad.
1: Yes. It's it's just pretty heartbreaking to see a huge studio like Warner Brothers just kind of flailing around like it is. And then uh, the DC matter. But I I was just going to say, like, the past two weeks have been a, you know, landscape dotted with dumpster fires. With not only what's going on at Warner Brothers Discovery, but as we'll get to, you know, Valiant. Some stuff going on there, tapas stuff going on there there's Oni. stuff going on on owning line Forge and you know lots of rumors of other stuff but wow woof, what a two weeks what a two weeks uh yeah so d c the first i mean there's just it's a shambles uh their their DCU, the d c e u extended universe uh their whole plan of what they're gonna do as far as movies t v and streaming goes is just it just seems to be a shambles right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'm not as knowledgeable about it as you two, but, I mean, just uh, uh going through the news of the last week or so, it's just every day there seems to be a new announcement of something being canceled. And then the the, the domino effect uh throughout uh, the entertainment lineup that's supposed to be coming out from, mm. you know, what, Ben Affleck to Michael Keaton.
1: Right. And, you know, the the bottom line is that it was kind of a shambles before, uh, Discovery kind of announced these changes. I mean, it was certainly was a lot of confusion about where it was going to go and, and what the driving force was going to be. But right now it seems to be even more. But, uh, you know, just to back up a little bit, I guess this is all touched off when David Laszlov announced that they were just shelving the Batgirl movie, which was, I mean, it was finished. It needed special effects. It, it was, you know, it needed more work, but it it was in the can. It was, Pretty much ready to go. And you know, they also cancelled Scoob too, uh, another Scooby-Doo movie. So it wasn't just Batgirl, but you know, they took them as a tax write-off, um, which just shocked Hollywood's creative community. Yeah.
2: I mean, I usually do. things go straight to streaming. But yeah. That's, uh, if they, if they want to sell, send them to, uh, you know, media hell, but I guess now that streaming is getting more prestigious, it's, you know, that's still one step too far.
1: Well, they just said they weren't going to release anything they, they didn't believe in. And, you know, I smell, um, doubt about a female led superhero film. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much cause there was just so many projects that are in doubt and, um, you know the, the the Blue Beetle movie. I I you know I did a little list here. There's there's a good story in Variety today that kind of updates a lot of this. But yeah. you know the Blue Beetle movie, the Supergirl movie, the Green Lantern cartoon, Um the Wonder Twins
2: show, the Wonder which, Twins. I mean, has, okay, that's was not canceled. surprising.
1: Yes, was mm-hmm. not that surprising. But just to point out the Batgirl movie, this was not a you know Roger Corman Fantastic Four. This had Leslie Grace, a rising star, as a Batgirl, and it also had. Brendan Fraser as the Firefly, Michael Keaton as Batman, and J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. I mean, these were kind of kind of known
0: figures. This
1: was Yeah. A a colorful addition to the DCEU and it will never be seen because when you take a tax write-off, you can't if you suddenly years later say, Oh, we're gonna release it, then you have to pay the taxes. You have to pay back your tax savings. So this is the final graveyard. This is the fiscal final graveyard. Um. So this just, you know, I subscribe to all the Hollywood newsletters like the Ankler and the Puck. And boy, they have just been on fire about yeah. this. And then uh rumors spread like more dumpster fire. The dumpster fire had been doused with gasoline and then little flaming embers flew all over the place. That there was uh, there was an earnings call. There was the big Warner Brothers Discovery earnings call, and they were like, "Oh, they're going to announce that Discovery and HBO Max are going to merge, and, and they're going to lay off thousands of people." And you know, all of this is going to happen, kind of, but it wasn't quite the uh, the knife. Uh, descending on that moment as they did. But boy, this earnings call was trending on Twitter because everyone was listening to it. And well, they didn't do themselves any favors by releasing that slide. Did you see the slide with the gender breakdown? Yeah.
2: They decided that women like Discovery and men like HBO Max, which I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the women who you're aiming for with DC are different than the women that you're aiming for with Discovery because surprise, surprise, women are half the species, and we have a lot of different tastes. Yeah, but
1: you know, look—I don't doubt their data shows that maybe HBO Max has more men subscribers, maybe Discovery has more women. But it was just the the categories that they had. It said said D, HBO Max is fandom, and Discovery is genre dumb. it's like, you know, what does that
2: even how mean? How is it,
0: that? What? Yeah. That- what, the the Those two
2: terms exist in a really close relationship they with really each other. do and and, <laughs> and I, frankly discovery no offense to discovery discovery is not genredom discovery is is uh, totally a different thing um oh and then of course, these cancellations also came for most of the arrowverse mm. on c w so well, the other slide. That got a lot of attention. I mean, I
0: think that HBO Max is
2: more genre-driven. Yes, it is driven by both fandom and genre, whereas Discovery is driven by neither.
1: But I'm also like, if you are talking about fandoms, have you heard of a thing called Our Flag Means Death? And have you seen the fandom for it? Wait, that might get canceled? No, 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 no. No, But I'm just saying, it's like the, you know, they just (laughs) did a panel for it. I
2: I know, it's the hugest fandom there is. yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's women. It's women. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hello,
0: oh, yeah. it's, it's women. Women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't watched it, but believe me, I hear about it quite a yes. bit around my. Oh house.
2: yeah. Because yeah. oh, yeah. uh, it's the, the, the new mega Jody fandom. Calkin
0: watches it on a regular basis. It's, so, yeah. it's
2: the new mega fandom. Um, the the literally being able to watch "Our Flag Means Death" in my own living room is the only thing good about a recent loss in the family oh yes (laughs) sorry but yeah which i mean it's not worth it but hey at least i get to watch our flag means death before midnight yeah Yeah. without headphones well um
1: you know this just there is a lot of rumors about how david zaslov uh has just hired other white men like him and obviously there was no woman in the room when that slide was put together oh yeah and uh I'm not sure that there's anybody, you know, you know, I saw this slide was, you know, pilloried on social media and, uh, I haven't really seen it written up, but I, I don't know if the message has gotten through. The other slide that got everybody up in arms was the global powerhouse slide that's, that broke down their brands. So brands are HBO, Discovery, CNN, HGTV. Cartoon Network, DC, and Looney Tunes. Alright, so far so good. Then they had franchises, and they just have logos. Uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, okay. Shark Week, alright. Game of Thrones, okay. 90 Day Fiancé Universe.
2: Wait, what? That's not a universe.
1: And Harry Potter. Uh, not sure. Hmm. Not sure about that 90 it's Day Fiancé. It's in our
2: universe.
1: <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh let's see, iconic series and characters, Friends, Fixer Upper, The Big Bang Theory, Property Brothers. Um I can't even read this one. Uh Diner Drive In Sex of the City. Uh all right. Uh anyway, you get the idea. Um look, I know I don't watch Property Brothers, a Fixer Upper, ninety day fiance. I know they're very popular. There's absolutely yeah, a big audience. They're for fine.
2: These. But they're a very different thing. Yeah. Yes, they are. Very different.
0: Well, I'm curious about these categories that they've constructed, which seem completely like well, arbitrary. Well, it's just,
2: you know, look, <laughs> it's, a sl-
1: it's a slide in a deck. Yeah. And it's just, you know, if you've ever made a deck, you know, you just throw things on it. But, um, you know, yes, it's a said, start. Yeah, that's just, what
0: I do. And multi-billion dollar corporations yeah, do the same thing. Well,
1: yeah. Apparently. So, you know, I, I think, um, look... Yeah, we don't know. Dumpster
2: fire. Question mark. Question mark?
0: Question <laughs> yes, mark. So, uh, that's that's so,
2: nah. we're leveraging the, well, I yeah. would say It's a dumpster fire. So the Because uh, the dumpster fire goes on. So the other
1: two most notable things that Zaslov mentioned on this are that uh you know, the very first question, by the way, on this investors call was what are you gonna do with the DC <laughs> universe? Um and he said that they wanted to restructure to create a team with a 10-year plan focusing just on DC that would be similar to the structure that Alan Horn and Bob Iger put together with uh Kevin Feige at Disney. Now, this is nothing new. There have been many calls for a 10-year plan. Remember when Jeff Johns was going to be, Jeff Johns okay. and John Berg were going to be the 10-year plan. Yeah, you know? I
2: knew that wasn't going to happen. Right, They're right. not going to give Jeff Johns 10 years. No well, offense. I mean, but they—they they, he did run a... Unit called DC Film. No, I mean he deserves it, but yeah. I'm, I'm just saying he, they're not going to do. It. Well,
1: I'm saying that already happened yeah. and it already failed. That's what, what mean. I'm saying. Yes. So, uh you know, the person who is in charge of the DC EU as much as possible right now is Walter Hamada, uh, who, after Batgirl was canceled, threatened to quit, and then they had to beg him to stay. Uh, until Black Adam comes out. So that's kind of a mess right there, right? And uh, a lot of people think he's actually the best guy because he's overseen yeah. some of the biggest successes like Joker and the Batman sure. and Aquaman. And, you know, actually there's been,
2: you know, lest we forget, there have been some very yeah, successful slowly things. for Surely, yeah, they've had
0: a couple of, like, winners there. Yeah.
2: Right. I mean, let's put it this way. The DCEU has been a mixed bag. But a mixed bag with some big successes in it is better than constant failure
1: yes but to, also to, to or just, killing it for a tax write-off to just yeah,
2: di-
0: yeah we well, really to really disappoint a, a big chunk of your fan base for a tax write-off
1: it just, it's just yeah kind of breathtaking you know i i i don't this was the worst possible doomsday scenario for this and i i don't think this is going to happen i i do think Obviously, they realize they have something very valuable in in both brands, in both mm-hmm. Warner Brothers and Discovery. But, you know, the biggest movie studio on earth used to be MGM. And there is no MGM anymore. You know, it failed. It, it got – it's kind of the same thing happened back in the 70s. It got shuttled around from owner to owner. Each owner stripped it for parts until it was nothing but a shell. And, you know, now it owns James Bond. And – uh that's, and
2: Stargate, and that's it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you're thinking, oh, it can't happen. Well, I mean, it's a very different world than it was in the 70s. That was 50 years ago. But I'm just saying it has happened.
2: You know, 20th well, Century Fox. Hello. Well, I mean, I think, let's put it this way. I think it can happen to Warner Brothers. I think that the Looney Tunes universe will survive and the DC universe in some form that's will so survive. 90 but, Day
1: Fiance. But, but
2: <laughs> Warner Brothers is quite possibly not going to survive this. I, I, I hope it does, but I I am by no means convinced that it will. Yeah.
1: Well, there's a lot of so you know we're only scratching the surface of the problems, and you know why are we talking about um you know DC like the movies and TV on a podcast about comics and graphic novel news? Well, there is a little old division at Warner Brothers called DC Comics, and you know they've been, they're so tiny and already been stripped down to just a, you know. And they've, including
0: being stripped of the word comics.
2: Exactly. They are now going to take away their name. They took away the word comics. They they took that
0: away quite a while ago. It's interesting. Now they've taken it away online as well. But, you know, it's been a while that they have removed the comics from DC.
1: Well, just to, you know, talk quite frankly, I was at San Diego Comic Con talking to some folks who are close to the DC situation. And I mean, we've mentioned this in the podcast before, but the person overseeing it, Pam Blufford, who heads up all the global branding and consumer products, she hates comics. She hates <laughs> comics, okay? Yeah. I've been told this by multiple people. Well,
2: can't and she just delegate it to somebody else? No,
1: because she hates comics. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have that kind of hatred where you just don't like it. And so it's not
2: even that you don't want to deal with it. It's that you want it to burn. Yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> even to the point where I was told, you know, every, a bunch of DC or a bunch of Warner Brothers divisions moved to this beautiful new Frank Gary building. And the consumer products division has shelves where they can put things. But DC Comics doesn't. Mm.
0: Well, <laughs> there you go. That's a clear indication of malice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, or where they rank. So, uh, you know, coming out of this, okay, two yeah. things coming out of this. Um, there are going to be massive layoffs. Yeah, well, um, throughout Discovery and probably HBO Max, just because of duplication. And this is what happens when yes, there's a merger acquisition. So this is, uh, you know, I've heard people say that DC Comics has already been cut to the bone, but um, you know, so they may not so, be getting more cuts. Well, they,
0: well,
1: yeah, I mean, no. they probably can't continue functioning the way right. they are, Everything. but yeah. um, you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I don't know. You know, uh, everybody is just kind of holding their breath over but, what might happen there. But there's,
2: speaking of writing things off for tax write-offs and uh things that should or shouldn't be canceled and, and also dumpster fires, let us bring up and visit the subject of The Flash. <laughs> so Ezra Miller, it, it, one does wonder why it was Batgirl that got <laughs> shelved and not the movie with this decade's biggest movie studio PR disaster on legs. Now, that, you might say, there's a lot of competition for that. What with, you know, cannibals. But, no. No. Ezra Miller is a one human being weird crime spree in the last year. So, Ezra Miller, who uses they/them pronouns, has been um, arrested for <laughs> let's see, which what, what what exotic crimes? Ah, yes, for getting into a bar fight in Hawaii because they did not like the Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga song <laughs> that their uh, bar mates decided to karaoke had a protective order put against them by two parents who claim that uh, Ezra Miller was physically and emotionally abusing their 18-year-old daughter, yes. including uh, accusations of giving the girl alcohol and drugs and displaying quote-unquote cult-like and psychologically manipulative behavior. A 12-year-old and their mother had a protection order against Ezra, claiming that Ezra showed up at the family's house multiple times, hollering that they were doing cultural appropriation. Now, I don't know why cultural appropriation results in yelling on someone's lawn <laughs> instead of uh, twittering at them. <laughs> That's a new one. Um, and, uh, Ezra Miller has, um, been connected to a mother and three missing children who the mother previously had said that Miller had helped her escape a violent and abusive ex. However, apparently uh sources allege the property was littered with unintended guns and bullets. Uh Not the best thing for a house with three children in it. So, no one's really sure what's up with Ezra Miller, but DC has not cancelled or delayed The Flash, and... Um is uh, pretty much trying to hope this blows over. Which good luck with that. Well, they
1: they have delayed it. They have delayed it. Um, why did that? Whether that ah. was due with Miller. I mean, it's already been pushed. You know, Aquaman was supposed to come out at Christmas, and the Flash was supposed to come out, I think, in March. And now it's been pushed back even further. Uh, you know, you guys, while we are sitting here, mm. photos have emerged of Ezra Miller and their mother at their compound, and compound god. Uh you know Ezra is flashing a It sounds
0: like a Waco situation. A, what do you Well,
1: <laughs> I these photos that I'm looking at are kind of disturbing given everything. I mean, uh Ezra's just sitting there flashing a smile, flashing. Did you get what I did there? <laughs> yeah. And uh I guess they've been charged with this felony which you know, this the felony was stealing a couple bottles of alcohol. So it's not like I
2: feel like I think that's like burying the lead it in is charge burying. Ezra Miller for yeah. the alcohol.
1: Yeah. But, uh, you know, the point is they are with their mother. Their, their, their mother is, because the question that I keep having is, is there anyone that this person is responsible to? Does anybody care about them? Because, you know, it just,
2: yeah. Well, all I can say is that sometimes disturbed parents have disturbed children and they're Disturbed in a fully ado sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: as for DC and the Flash movie, DC really has no choice but to continue to try to release this film. They've spent between two and three hundred
2: million dollars on it and, but they spent ninety million dollars on still only
1: a fraction of, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and, and also the Flash is planned for theatrical re- release, not streaming. Um, yeah. yeah I will say this there obviously Ezra Miller is not going to be doing any publicity for this film. If they're smart. I right. But you know, a lot of other talented people did work on the movie. I oh, mean yeah. I mean is is the fact that the star of the film is a truly troubled and problematic individual does that I mean it's Yes, it's very hard to overcome that, but uh, everything (laughs) DC touches, I mean, there are other big franchises, Harry Potter, we're not even going to talk about that
2: dumpster fire. I, I mean, I'm not going to say that, like, I would normally go to the cancel it place. It's just that when you're canceling other films, and that's the one that's still on the schedule... It's like, really? Really? You kept the PR disaster. Mm. You didn't write off the PR disaster. Okay. Well, the, interesting life choice. There are also reports that uh, Miller did some reshoots
1: this summer. Just showed up for work and did some old reshoots. Like, you do in a normal... Well, I mean, if, if,
2: if you're going to make the movie, you might as well make the movie. Well, but, it's interesting. Have we
0: reached, reached a point now where uh, there is such thing as bad publicity
2: in the American asked. entertainment business? I yes. mean, for
0: years that was always the operative is that, you know, there's no such I thing. I think
2: that was never true.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it was pretty true.
2: I mean, let's put it this way. I think there are times when bad publicity is good publicity, and there are times when the bad publicity crosses the line into actually bad publicity.
0: Yeah, that. and, and certainly he seems to be trying to, you know, uh, create a new standard for for bad behavior. So maybe so
2: you know i don't i don't know if there've never been stars who have done things this disturbing on the regular or if it's just that today with with our wonderful uh, all connecting all seeing internet it's a little harder to hide your deep deep uh, disturbing weirdness
1: well, from the world as i pointed out to some people you remember robert Downey junior was in jail right. for a year yeah. oh, i yeah. mean you know yeah. he was filmed wearing an orange jumpsuit i mean and people don't even know that you know this was twenty years ago. so yeah. people.
2: But they're they're yeah. very different world. But he also get away with has, that now. Well, he didn't really get away with it. He actually went to jail and didn't make yeah. movies for and many it, years. It, it wasn't
0: a secret that he, you know, had yeah. all kinds of drug and alcohol problems.
2: Yeah, I think there's a difference between like losing your career for like a decade and eventually going back to it, and like it not being bad publicity. Right. Right. And. I asked a a
1: friend of mine who's in uh, PR if they thought that Ezra Miller could do a, uh, you know, could do, be rehabbed. Yeah. And my friend just said, you know, they have not gone public with any repentance for this and until, and they have plenty of chances to do it. So, um, you know, until there is some kind of resolution of acknowledging this bad behavior, Warner Brothers' discovery has a big problem on their hands.
2: Right. And, I mean, frankly, this is the kind of thing where I think it's one of those things you have to live down. You need to, like, have at least five years of not doing anything, like, disturbing before people will actually believe your repentance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so the one beauty, the one salvation,
1: the one saving throw that Warner Brothers has and all this is that The Flash was intended to kick off this whole universe, okay? And The Flash is able to traverse different universes, right, Kate? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. In fact, The Flash kicked off the entire idea of the multiverse, and uh, you could very easily write a new ending to the movie where uh, The Flash gets on a treadmill and runs really fast, and uh, when he hops off... He's a different actor. <laughs> that would be my DC we'll if you are listening. Would in a new
0: well, in a new multiverse.
1: Walter Hameda, if you are listening, I've just <laughs> given you an out.
0: There you go. Yeah. And you know, turn the flesh into everything all at once. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um so just one quick note, uh there's been a lot of controversy about whether the Green Lantern TV show is going on and all of the current Indications are that it is. Uh, really? I yes. thought science
2: pointed to no. I'm glad to hear it. Yes.
1: Well, there's, there's so much confusion about, and rumors going around about all of this. But according to this yeah. story on, uh, uh, says, Berlanti's Green Lantern series is still currently moving forward. Sources say it's the biggest, most ambitious DC adaptation ever mounted yeah. by the prolific producer, Greg Berlanti. Uh, but the Strange Adventures was killed, also was Wonder Twins. But so yeah, yeah. far, Hasn't
2: Well, control. I have to say that if I were DC and I was told to cut two things not knowing anything about how they were doing so far, I would go look at those three and I'd go, well, I guess I'm keeping Green Lantern. Because however good the execution is, the name recognition and the concept of Green Lantern is stronger. Yes. Yes. I,
1: it's a p- incredible franchise that has a lot of potential. So I hope they continue on with it. I hope they get it together. Listen, none of this is yeah. is wishing for failure?
2: We all no. just want it to do well. Yeah. yeah, we want it to do well, and when we want it to be good. Yeah, or by which I, I don't mean has to be the best on earth. Goodness knows, I've liked my share of crappy cartoons. <laughs> it it just needs to be not actively bad.
0: There seems to be an up uh, uh, an uprising, a, a um a, a, a an event, a cataclysmic event of some sort. Every. 5 to 6 months <laughs> uh that disrupts the planning
2: yeah.
0: uh that you know uh the 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 what they what they what they're backing what, what what they're supporting now what they're what they what they're pulling the rug out of it it just seems like there's a never ending series of challenges yeah to putting out content
2: yeah i mean this is this is why we're using the phrase dumpster fire yeah because so. it just it just seems to not only be trash, but on fire. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> Is, and we're not talking about a burning bush here. We're talking about no. burning trash. But yeah. yeah, anyway.
2: And yeah, you can <laughs> smell it from here. Yeah. Um, all
0: right. And there's, there, there's a few more. But we got the more
2: dumpsters. We yeah. got a, a dumpster fire dotted landscape here. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: so vanishing valiant. Um, we don't know. Uh this has started at the beginning of the week when or maybe no, it was last week. It's hard to keep track because it's just been bam bam bam. Uh you know, people texting me saying, Call me. Um because just this hot, hot, hot rumors going around that Valiant was shutting down. Now I think Valiant would be, or had laid off most of its staff and canceled most of its projects. Now, I think this would have been very high on if you had to do the Demolition Derby. Valiant would probably be one of the companies that you would have picked to be pretty close to the top because they have not been putting out a lot of stuff and they have not had, you know, success in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of it's very bad luck. They launched the Bloodshot movie literally the day the pandemic shut yeah. down the world. Uh that was one of the, you know, first casualties yeah. of well, that. And,
2: and I will say having watched the Bloodshot movie, <laughs> I don't think it would have made Valiant's fortunes. Mm, I mean, I, no. I wish them all the best. I'm just saying I don't know the pandemic was the whole problem. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's kind of an ongoing problem with Valiant over the years. I mean, they seem to fade and return, fade yes. and return. I mean, I'm, with I'm, new corporate structures yeah. um on a smaller scale than DC these days, and, but
2: and I'm not, I'm not rooting against them, but I am saying they are one of those companies who you look at them and you go, how do they survive?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, are they surviving? So there was a lot
1: of rumors that the staff had been laid off and, uh, including publisher Fred Pierce, but I'm That's hearing kind of amazing, that yeah. he's not, he, Fred Pierce is still there yeah. and, uh, so is senior editor Lisa Hawkins. And, uh, but today there was a, um, they put out a press release that was like, the value universe goes on, but uh, according to a story on CBR, uh, this re- means, uh, one comic released per month, uh, starting, and then, uh, the apparently, uh, some creators are talking about their projects being cancelled, but, uh, Bloodshot Unleashed is coming out next month, and then Book of Shadows will come out, and, uh, but only one ca- one title
2: published a month. So that sure sounds well, like it's on life support. If they're one graphic novel per month as opposed to one floppy per month, it's not. It's not. It's yeah. one issue yes. of one floppy per month. <laughs> Not a
0: collection. It's, it's pretty startling.
2: Okay, okay, because when I was like, well, if it's one trade per month, there are a lot of publishers who do that, that's fine. But no, if it's, it's one floppy per month, and that's all they're publishing, then that's how- uh, do they, How do they survive? How they do don't. They-, <laughs> they don't. They can't. That's well, you know, this,
1: so this led to, uh, a kind of what was an interesting thread. You know, I wrote about it, and I was just like, it's very obvious that when DMG bought Valiant that they were buying it to be for media, you know, to to uh adapt their characters into media. Yes, and yes. um I will give Valiant this. They are the third biggest superhero universe, you know, after Marvel mm-hmm. and DC, Valiant heroes have survived. Is there any other? Yeah. I don't And there's uh, a loyal
0: fan base. I mean, yeah, People that they, they love do. and yeah. all of that, yeah. Yeah, so but, but I mean, they love it.
2: Yes, but let's face it. The, uh, quantity of fans Valiant have are the amount that can fund an asylum movie, not a major <laughs> studio release. Yes. I mean, no yes. offense to Valiant, they're just very niche. Yes. Yes. They are they're very, very yeah, niche. No, they true. are
1: very niche. But, but you know, if you were, if you were, uh, to, you know, if you were out there like five years ago when this was all going Gangbusters, you're like, oh, I want to buy a superhero universe. You would do much worse. Valley would be really the only game in town. Right. So, uh, but it's pretty obvious that they are just doing it to, uh, you know, to exploit it. As I said, no company that is in it just to put out media has ever succeeded. It just does not work. You it's have a to be It works as the a sideline. People line. seem yeah. to
0: keep returning. They to
1: keep it. trying to do it, and you know, I always bring up radical comics because oh, they were one of you know, the worst. Now they did, examples. but I will say they got two com. They did get two films yeah, made they, because they go. published. They published this Hercules comic, yes. and there was mm-hmm. a Hercules movie starring the Rock. Nobody okay, remembers that. Okay. And You're, then there was. It's true. That's right. And then there was this uh, Tom Cruise movie that uh wasn't ever a comic and they had to like somehow put out a comic. You know, same thing with Cowboys and Aliens. They oh, tried and right, tried and right. tried to get it made and then they finally put out the comic and the movie got made. Wasn't there a
0: digital version of that? There was. You there know, was, yeah. On that crazy what was that site? How do you
1: Yeah. But you know, uh Charlie Olson, who's a very prominent comics agent, had a really interesting Twitter thread where he said um a comic company that takes media rights and can't make money from publishing isn't going to get better at publishing. It doesn't need to feed itself with sales. It just tries to feed on other media. It is a zombie. A publisher's primary obligation is a contract, an if contract, are printing and selling copies and giving you regular accounting of how many copies have been sold and prompt payments for those copies. There's been a proliferation of publishers who want to handle media rights or worse will try to take a portion of the proceeds when you do the hard work. A good publisher will back off media rights if you tell them no. Closed mouth, don't get fed, right? Because they know they can make money from book sales. A bad publisher will back off the deal. And, um, I think. Yes. That most creators are aware of this these days. But, uh, you know, that's just from a business person's point of view. There's just, you know. But,
0: you know, business people are in love with this notion that they're going to make a movie.
2: Well, I mean, and it's just crazy. You can keep it as a sideline. Sure, sure. We we all like to see. But you can't expect the money. You can't live on that hope. Yes. Because it's just not sustainable.
0: But the problem is that they're not focused on making books. Now, and that's understandable because it's hard making good books. But
2: the thing is, it's the only way it's going to work. There's no shortcut. There's
1: no shortcut. You have
2: to make good books.
1: that's the only way you'll make good movies. And, you know, there's a bunch of uh, companies out there. I mean, Calvin, you and I both spoke with Axel Alonso recently, yes. or, mm-hmm. you know, he was a guest of the podcast. You know, AWA is a company yes, that yeah. has been accused of this, and absolutely they want to get media. But I will say Axel's very passionate about yeah, the publishing. I, I agree. Yeah, and, they care. Yeah, they do care. Yeah, and they the, do
0: uh, care. They they've, they've put a lot of money into their, their developing the, the books. They have really good creators mm-hmm. yeah. as well. So, uh, uh, yes, I mean, my kind of dismissal there can be challenged, certainly on the basis well, of, uh, of AWA. Yes. Um, I'm just saying there's they different... they
1: want to make movies. Yeah. There's yeah. different levels. And I, I yeah. think Valiant has sadly descended yes. to the radical level at this yes. point. Uh, I mean, yes. I,
2: I would say that Cowboys and Aliens was actually a better movie than Bloodshot. Yeah. Uh, so, you know... Ford. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the quality of the actors that was the problem. <laughs> it was everything else. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, yeah, there's a difference between the AWA where we're going to make good books and we also have a plan for movies just in case and radical. And, you know, listen, every
1: comics publisher has a media guy, you know, has a studio executive to do this and they should. They yeah, absolutely yeah. should, you know, and uh I mean, we've seen some real successes like you know The Boys I mean talk about and you know now that is becoming like a whole universe they're doing all these spinoffs of it and everything so you know that's a huge property and we've
0: seen it with other independent publishers we've seen it with Dark Horse and Mm -hmm. they, they, they haven't had a major hit but they've had well, I mean, you could say they. Hellboy is pretty the major. Movies. Hellboy yeah, obviously, and and and, uh, and, the, and you know, I guess, the mask. If you want to bring them
2: back. Well, I mean, they've had back. lots of movies. I mean, Sin yeah. City
1: and Three Hundred, yes. and you know, so, yeah, yes,
2: Dark Horse is doing fine. Yeah, they're yes. fine.
1: I mean, see, you know, Mike Richardson, props to him. He he, yes. he invented this whole idea. Let's be fair, Um but yeah. So, uh but I will say this. It's very unclear. I mean, the story from CBR does, you know, is about the most clear. I, I haven't been able to get any information and I was trying because, but there's just so much to keep up with. So anyway, uh yeah, one title a month, not a graphic novel, Kate. One thin
2: periodical. Uh, Good uh, luck, good luck okay. with that. Good, good luck. luck with that. Yeah. Good luck. With I that. mean, yeah, yeah, you'd almost be better off just putting out multiple digital titles for that same amount of money. <laughs>
1: Well, speaking of digital titles.
2: <laughs> and now we segue. And now
1: we segue. Uh, Calvin, what happened there with the Tapas?
0: Well, it looks like Tapas, uh, well, from what I learned in reading the beat, the Tapas is tapping out. Um, well, well, well Tapas entirely. is laying people off. Yeah. But right. what we're finding out now, of course, uh, is that Tapas is also, um, basically going back to what it does best uh and they're seem to be doing what we're seeing around that they are reevaluating creating original content uh at the level that you know you would think say a print publisher would do mm-hmm. um that they brought in um book publishing professionals like Michelle Wells, well though, they're they're out the door now.
1: Well we you know, when they did this big ramp up, when they hired Michelle Wells and Jamie Rich and Chris mm-hmm. Robinson yes. and Alex Carr. Uh, and, you know, we talked to Michelle and Jamie yeah, we had on hope. the podcast. Yeah, you
0: could go back and listen to it, I'm, folks.
1: That's barely a year ago.
0: Yes. And it was a great interview. It was a
1: great interview. And <laughs> they had high hopes. And they had high hopes. They had high hopes. And now they're both high hopes. in the sky high hopes. hopes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was, so Michelle is gone. Jamie moved on to IDW. Jamie jumped yes. off and uh, saw the handwriting on the wall and went yeah, to IDW. Yeah. And, uh, Chris Robinson also laid off. I understand Alex Carr survived because guess what? He's the biz dev guy. There you go. You mm-hmm. Keep the biz dev. But, you know, props, this, this was another story that, um, you know, spread like wildfire that Tapas was, uh, you know, laying off their, their original content, their, their, um, their commissioned original content yeah. division and props to, uh, the, um, CEO and the founder, Chang Kim, cause, uh, he went and talked to Rob Salkowitz, friend of the podcast, uh, for ICV2 and did a very frank yeah. interview where very open Rob, and
0: trans- and apparently transparent,
1: very transparent, and Rob asked him the hard questions and he, he answered, answered them. them. And, yeah. um, so he just said, and he pointed out something that's kind of really the subtext of everything we're talking about. Uh it, it must have seemed like a bomb that went off and we were reacting to it, but it's not like it was some sudden thing. We are in the process of optimizing our business, which is what every company is doing in this new economic reality. Netflix, Warner Brothers, you name it, they're all trying to stay financially sound. And that's it. We, you know, when Netflix announced their uh subscribers were going down, that's what really set off all of this, I think. And he was just, you know, saying, All right, no uh no in-house IP.
2: Well, no. I mean, there's a lot of in-house IP. They're yeah. nothing but in-house yeah. IP. But it's in-house IP that they didn't commission. It's in-house IP that came to them instead of them seeking out and paying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so, stuff that's funded basically by the readers, not yeah, by the company. But yes,
0: and of course, the uh, you know the, the enormous number of artists that they develop just through um, through the app.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a kill what you eat, simple Yes, system. Yes. absolutely. Uh,
0: and they they've, they, and they, of course, and they generate the, uh, the content and, and a massive audience that's looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. and they've have years and years of kind of developing these into their best, best sellers. So yeah, they've, they've gone back to basically what they know how to do.
1: And, you know, another thing that he points out in this interview is, uh, you know, we've talked about, uh, Webtoon and Tapas. Having, you know, giant Korean, uh, corporations as their owners and they are rivals and, uh, Kakao, which is a huge Korean corporation, uh, their stock price is down 50% since they, they acquired Tapas and, um, uh, Radish and some other mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah. You know, it's a big, big, uh, playing it on an
2: even larger stage. Well, I, I will, I will. Take out my, uh, ongoing burning fire of hate and say, spending all that money on Wooja World didn't help anything. <laughs> okay. Enough with my petty grudges. Yeah. Well,
1: I think we mentioned, I think we had mentioned this in our last uh, podcast in person and I had mentioned that at San Diego, they were a first time exhibitor, but they didn't have a booth. They just had a table nice and, too. you know, that was sign, sign, o oh, the times. Um, well, I think. A lot of people could take a, a note from, uh, Chang Kim and his candid comments. And, um, you know, to be fair, David Zasloff too, you know, takes a, a big person to come out and just own it. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, nobody's done that at ONI yet. And Nobody
0: at ONI no, is owning it.
1: No one at ONI is owning it yet, but <coughs> it does appear uh, that, uh, d- d- you know, we don't like, everybody's like, what is happening there? Well, uh, they were at, uh, SLJ had like a teen, like comics or, you know, teen publishing day and there was a whole bunch, uh, Diamond was there and Oni was there and, yeah. you know, got carrying on like nothing happened. So, um, you know, we don't, they haven't really announced what their business plan is going forward. And, uh, you know, I think they could do with some forthright messaging there. I think that would yeah. help people quite a bit.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this, that they, they're, they are a part of the comics and gaming feature that will be published, uh, on Monday and publishes weekly. And, um the writer, Nicole Audrey, Audrey Spector, uh, we, we do a look at, the the, uh, the nexus of, uh, comics publishers of all kinds, big ones. I mean, Marvel figures in the piece. And so does Oni, uh, and Oni Games. Uh, and Steve Ellis is in there, who was also actually rumored to have been out of the company, who is not, mm-hmm. and who actually did respond uh, simply to our, our our calls, because actually most, almost all of the interviews in that article, and really, Elvis is the only one from Oni that was talked to. They, they were done before the recent.
1: Okay, space so this, of, so this, this article was uh, written yeah, before. Yeah. All most of, this.
0: of the, almost all the interviews were done yeah. before this. So we did reach out uh, to Oni to get a sense of uh, were they still supporting this division. Was Ellis still with the, um, the company? And, uh, he did respond. Only that he is still with the company. And apparently he was at, uh, Gen Con, Gen Con yeah. I believe mm-hmm. it was, oh, recently. And this is a really a tabletop gaming division.
1: Yeah. Um, um, you know, one other story, you know, Popverse has really been on top of this. Yeah. And, uh, they had another story that pointed out that, uh, James Lucas Jones and Charlie Chu, who were the first, uh, to leave, Uh, probably a month ago now, uh, that they are still owners of the company, very small owners, very small, uh, percentage, but, uh, you know, they did have some ownership. So, uh, you know, complicated.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's interesting. Immediately after the 2019 merger, I mean, I, I really asked James, I mean, like, are you secure in your position? I mean, you can, you know, he, he he at that time he said he was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was but, on the board. He was yeah. on the board of uh, but, of uh Lion Forge Publishing Group.
0: But it seems as though you know the problems at Only Press. I, I actually, I think they go back even before 2019, which in some ways actually James had acknowledged because they were looking for a financial partner. Yes. Yes. Um, but they—it seems as though they didn't go away after 2019 and the merger. Yeah. Either. Yeah. Um. So what? right now there's just a number of questions circling around this company since we don't hear anything at all. <laughs> What's you know, uh, and and I think some of the questions are around their their um some of their most beloved and I would assume lucrative franchises. What's to become of them?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we're talking they about have a lot Scott of back Pilgrim. Catalog. Um, we're talking about what Rick and Morty. Yeah. Well, uh, well that was
2: a license. Yeah, it's yeah, a license. Yeah, that's a license. But everything by China Clugston. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um. Now, I have heard that Courtney people Cromer, are getting yeah. uh paid. Uh, I don't know whether this is accurate or not. Because uh, there was some question about whether Only was paying royalties.
1: Well, maybe they could just take some of their savings from laying off people and uh, pay their creators. So that would be good, you know. Hopefully, that's the plan. But uh, yeah, you know, just again, a uh, uh, nature abhors a vacuum, and uh, uh, you you know, that's the thing. Is all in all of these, it's it's interesting because you know, comics is such a community. And it was interesting to me that tapas really – there was very little social media outcry about any of this yes, tapas yeah. stuff. And I think that just turned out like a lot of people already kind of – like some of the community already thought
2: they were, um, you know, well, n- no well, – no, well, I, well, I mean I think Go on. Go on. Well, I think it has to do with age. There's always going to be an outcry for something that people have gotten used to as part of their landscape. Mm, but true. something that like – I mean, we were all talking about how Tapas expanded so much like a year ago. Most of those people being laid off were not there a year ago. And so people are not going to be as upset about like, well, it was an experiment and it failed, which happens a lot in comics, as they are about like, you know, well, what's happening to this publisher I know and love? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and It's you know, just too new for anyone to care. Yeah, that's true. And I yeah. think
0: there's also, I and mean, we were talking about this a little, I mean, there, 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 there's always been a, a sort of divide between the print indie world and things that seem to come from outside of it. And maybe this is that case, too. Yeah. You know, the online, you know, mobile web comics world.
2: Yeah. Well, there... Because the comics are very different. There is, there is a community there. Oh, yeah. And there is a lot of love. But I feel like that... Community is not, uh, hooked into the business side. Maybe I, because they're younger, mm-hmm. or maybe because there's just less comics press coverage. I don't know. But, um, you know, people who love Tapas or Webtoon love it as much as people who love DC, mm-hmm. but people aren't going to cry out about business details like I this. I think
1: they're way more into the creators. And you know what?
2: That's wonderful. That's healthier yeah
1: oh boy. We've been going on and on and on. We have some other stuff to talk about, so anyway, dumpster fire continue um uh, okay, yeah, on yeah. some good news. Um, yeah, the Harvey Award nominations came out today. Yay, positive news yes. about comics. Um, they have only six categories. Um, there's a lot of nominees so I can't even go through. That's but, uh, you know, James Tynion had two nominations for Book of the Year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Nice
0: House on the Lake is, is a scary book. Oh, so. very. It's a very good <laughs> so. book.
1: Uh, yeah, that was nominated, as was Department of Truth, Volume 3. Mm. Run
0: um, is on there as well, but yeah. the John Lewis uh, continuation.
1: Uh, you know, The Good Asian. Uh, yes, yes, really? I haven't read it, but
0: I, I hear really? nothing but good things about it.
1: Uh, you know, we'll just do the best book of the year: "Ballad for Sophie," mm-hmm. uh, "Crisis Zone" by Simon Hanselman. Mm-hmm. Yes, Uh yes, "Far Sector" by N.K. Jemisin, Jamal Campbell. "Uh, The Many Deaths of Lila Starr," "Uh, Lightfall," Book Two: "Shadow of the Bird." Uh, and that's
0: a beautifully illustrated book. Oh, by the way. oh, that's I've from seen Harper. One. Alley. I've only seen They book got One. quite
1: a few nominations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then "Sisters of the Mist." So, um. A lot of uh, very good, um, uh, you know, the, the Harveys are chosen by a votes of the creative community and also a committee that uh, adds them. So these will be pre- um, presented at New York Comic Con. And a gala. What is sure to be a gala affair. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> the very uh, nebula
1: of comics. Yes. That's right. As opposed to the he- and, of comics. And um, speaking of James Tinian, he did a uh, breakdown.
2: Yeah, so... As you may or may not know, dear listener, James Tinyan stepped away from his cushy nest at D.C. for a deal with Substack. And now, about a year from when he started, he has spoken to the press about the actual numbers involved and was pretty forthcoming about exactly what this deal model is, which is frankly new because tr- Substack has been anything but transparent about what deals are on offer if you're one of their flagship creators. I
1: think he said he had a 1,000. Yeah. They have, Mm. like, rankings of the sub stack um, uh, of their. He has
0: 1,000 members in his premium club that is, like, $250 a year.
1: Right. And, uh, and something like 15,000 people paid and unpaid subscribers. Yeah. So, but he did own up to the fact that, uh, you know, he got a lot of money. He got, yeah, what, it had to be it's six, six figures. Yeah, yeah, well, only six, it's six figures. Six figure deal. Uh, and the only deal was he'd have to write two newsletters a week and he found that to be a lot of work. And, uh,
2: <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. It's a really good, it is open to read. It's not, um, James Tinyan's uh, Substack. It's also known mm-hmm. as the Empire of the Tiny Ug- Onion which uh, make of that what you will. And he's, he's pretty forthcoming about the fact that he got paid pretty well for the first year, <laughs> but that he's going to be paid completely from subscriptions after the first year. So I wonder if that's how Substack rationalized making this sustainable, because that kind of basically advanced... Yeah, you can't keep that up. But that was always the deal. Yeah, that, that was, al- was always I'm, the deal. I'm, that yeah. is always the deal. But I'm just saying yeah. that that was the deal. Like yeah. we yeah. didn't know. We didn't know who was getting paid. What what degree of subsidization was going on to build buzz, bring in creators?
0: Well, I, I mean, we knew that there that there are there was a subset of, of yeah. creators that were getting substantial advances. Now, once that once that is over, they've got to. Yeah. make their own way and then Substack gets a cut of that.
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean it's that's pretty transparent what the yeah. deal is. I think the, I think it was it was, you know, like they get uh, I think once the normal Substack deal goes, I think you keep something like 80 to 90% of it mm. and Substack gets the rest, which yes. is, you know, something yeah. like it's like Patreon. It's 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 very comparable to Patreon's basic deal and um you Only know, gives
2: a publishing platform as yes, well. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, but all those splashy deals, uh, the Jonathan Hickman deal, they're all coming up, uh, J- uh, you know, Scott Snyder. Right. All mm-hmm. of that first yeah. wave is the, the years up, so uh, you're on your own now, kid.
2: <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how many of them keep it up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you guys, uh, you know, we were talking about DC in a shambles, but DC has had a big old success
2: boy. Uh, they sure have. Which
1: I, because I'm a New York Mets fan and all of my time is taken up watching the genius of these Bucks Showalter-led team, uh, and then I fall asleep after the game. So uh, I have not yet... Well, falling asleep is appropriate because we are yes, talking exactly. about the Sandman.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So it's okay. But, uh, yeah, you know, look, I loved it. Um, I saw the first... I've seen the first two episodes. Uh, I've I, Thrilled with it. Uh, as it turns out, uh, I had not really read the original range, and then I happened to be rummaging around in my too many comics room, yeah. and I found that I have an absolute <laughs> edition of Sandman, uh, Volume One, uh, a beautiful edition. And so I quickly sat down, and it's a really one. It, it's a really wonderful parallel activity to revisit these comics uh, in light of the new movie. So
2: um, I don't yeah. know what... So I, I'm someone who has read the original comics mm. over a couple times. I didn't feel the need to go back and read. I feel like the distance of having... This show is perfect for people who have it in their memory, but haven't read it two days ago, so they're not nitpicking tiny mm. details. <laughs> so it, I, I feel like I'm in that sweet spot where I know the material well. I love it deeply in my heart. I do have enough of a distance that, that I'm not going to be like, hey, that wasn't there. <laughs> um, which can be annoying, but it is, it's really good. It's really good. Um, the only quibble, and this is small, although it will sound large, is I do feel like a little bit of the performance of the main character comes off a little more flat than genuinely brooding. Like, in the comics, Dream comes off as sort of looming and a little bit menacing. And on Netflix, Dream comes off more like, he's just so done with life. (laughs) Just so done with life. And it's fine. It works. But I was just like, really? That was the performance you chose? Oh, well, it's fine. Whatever. Um... But I mean that sounds like a major quibble given that's main character but honestly it's really good
1: it sounds pretty zenial to me
0: I and mean, you know I I I like his performance I do think you're right I I I I have moments of that with him where he seems more stunned than necessarily you know quietly simmering or yeah. or is this or is this sort of like uh uh indecipherable menace uh he, doesn't he just seems sort of stunned.
2: Yeah. He doesn't come across <laughs> as a primal force. No,
0: he, yeah. There there are there are times like that. But he I, mean, I, I do like the presence. I mean he does have the I think he has the presence yeah. of Morpheus. Yeah, I don't, th- um, I don't think and he's got that great look. Oh and yeah, he's got he the look,
2: more. I don't think he was miscast. Yeah. I'm just interested in the uh direction the direction took. Yeah. Uh I wonder what the notes on that one were <laughs> from the director's chair. Could you look more like a brick hit you? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the sense
0: of Morpheus is that even when he's in the worst possible situation, he seems in control.
2: Or even if he's yeah. not in control, he seems like like when he is trapped, which it's not that much of a spoiler given that it's in the trailer <laughs> yes. When he is trapped, he seems more like a cornered animal who you do not want to open the trap or else you will be destroyed. Like in the comics, it's very clear why even well-intentioned people don't want to let him out because they think they're going to splatter the walls. <laughs> yeah. uh, whereas this guy, he's like he's that really bored dude in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's—I mean, it—that sounds scathing, but it's not. It's—it's. It's, the whole because dream isn't really what makes the dreaming. Dream isn't really <laughs> what makes Sandman. The Sandman is our point of view character, is our living Deus Ex Machina. But what really makes Sandman is the the texture and the weirdness and the Abstraction, At the universe. It's, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's dreamlike. It's truly it's, yeah. dreamlike, and, I, and the show I, I, I is I be too. I'd to
0: Know what you think of the special effects? Because actually,
2: I think I think, I think they're fine. pretty good. They're, they're I think, good. I, think, I have
0: no objection. I think they evoke this this world of fantasy
2: yeah, quite it, well. I think it's fine. I mean, to be fair, I'm the kind of person who watches things with far 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 lower budget special effects than this so as far as i was concerned i didn't know what people were complaining about i thought it was fine (laughs) um you know i mean compare it to the untamed and i mean clearly their wig budget is much better (laughs) (laughs) and i will say i did get quite i mean for me i had i had,
0: had. Quite a bit of enjoyment of seeing where the movie diverged from the comics. The, now, the movie doesn't really diverge from the the, the core story very much at all, no. but it does diverge a little in uh, maybe uh, the the sequences uh, that certain parts of the narrative are yeah. placed together, and also because it really is amazing to be reminded. That, uh sandman was really being injected into the DC unit I mean he yep. was a part of the DCU, yep. but in a really obvious ways there are there are certain characters that you will not see in the movie
2: well that I are will, in the comics. I will say calvin as someone who uh has the comic series as a whole hmm. fresher in my mind as opposed to the first part which winds up with the current season um the DCU characters drop out of the sandman mm-hmm. as the series goes on. Sure. Mm-hmm. And there's very little of it left. Yeah. Um because I think once sandman became enough of its own phenomenon it didn't the really need for that, that right? yeah, it really, really needed, sort of yeah. wasn't there anymore. But, but So I don't feel like the story suffers at all from lacking the DC characters. No, I but, don't yeah, know. that is something different. No,
0: I didn't know what to – this, this, this is just – this is a, uh, an, an, uh, an interesting uh, mind exercise or, or just to see how these characters were – uh, how these stories were, were thought about at a certain time and the thing, the changes that we see uh, in the franchise now. I mean, you're going to see – I mean, there's uh, – the, the Justice League is, shows up at a certain point um, – uh The original Sandman is referenced in there, you know, from the 1930s. So it's just a very interesting – scot Free. I mean,
2: <laughs> it's yeah, kind of Yeah, there are, there are a lot of characters yeah. who are so obscure you don't even realize yeah. they're from the DCU yeah. until years later when you're like, oh, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. when you're reading some 1930s back issue. Um, and we have to mention the gender swaps as well. Yes. So is- interestingly enough, usually – when things are adapted in the modern day from something that's a little older, often it is the queer content that is new. In this case, the queer content is all original yeah. to the original yes. source material, and there's a good deal of it. But things that have changed, perhaps because it's being cast with real live people, and I think that Neil and company were very open in their casting call, um, a lot of people are cast as... Different genders or different races than the characters presented as in the comics in any place where they could where it wouldn't really affect the plot. Yeah. Um, I think it was just basically like, Oh, you'll make a good Lucian, but you're a woman. Fine. Whatever. Lucian's a woman now. Who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think it wasn't they were like, I want to cast a woman as Lucian. I think it really was they're like, well, all these particular roles are not very gendered. So, uh, we'll cast whoever. Yeah. Or all these particular roles do not really have a linkage to visual race, so we'll cast whoever. Um and frankly, a lot of these characters aren't even human anyway, so. <laughs> so they they're, can be whatever they want to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's dream a dream world. fantasy it's people. It's the dreaming it's people. Fantasy. Well, it's not even a, just a fantasy. <laughs> these are literally, uh, amorphous dream beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So make of that what you will. Yeah.
1: I mean even uh, uh Death I mean obviously was uh race swapped and yeah, you know oh, right. but in yes, the right. comics Death took on many guises. Yeah. Death you
2: death, know Death all, shows up in a number of different yes, forms not, not all of all, which are human right
1: yes. Death could always be whatever they wanted to be so yep. and
2: yeah I, I haven't got to the
0: episode yet but it's coming up yeah so. yeah
1: but, uh, uh, well, I, you know, I, again, I do look forward to seeing it, uh, perhaps after this podcast, if, uh, yeah. we, well, ever we should wrap re- up.
0: visit this and talk yes, about it. More, yes, we should. Because it's really but, fun. But,
1: uh, but, I will say, uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, Netflix is, you know, sticking with its, uh, binge watching model. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's such a big mistake because the, the response to Sandman has been off the charts.
2: It is their number one show right yeah, absolutely. now. Absolutely. And, and often that's a reality show or something. But no, yes, right now it's Sandman. Absolutely.
1: And, um, you know, on my Facebook feed, all my comic book friends are, I watched Salmon and I loved it. I mean, the reviews are in, you know, I know Neil Gaiman is incredibly happy with how it turned out. He's been very involved in, in the making of it and it really worked out. Uh, and, you know, I, if they were doing it every week, they would be getting,
2: you I, know, radio, yeah. like... Or even if they split it in half the yes. way they did with Stranger Things. Yes, yes. I, I just, uh, you know... You and mean, that would be an ideal break, you, given that it's made from two different volumes of the comic. But, hey, hey, I'll, I'll take hit, it. Yeah, hey, sure. they binge. You know, hey, they do it as the binge. We're not, <laughs> we're not complaining. We're not <laughs> <just> complaining. We're not complaining. <laughs> that's their model, you know. uh, they're sticking with it, so... But, but I mean, well, sometimes their models, they do split it into two mini seasons, but they they didn't do that here. Yeah. Um, but, but I think... I think this is as a comics fan who has seen and enjoyed uh many adaptations that take a less prestige approach to the material than is necessarily possible with that material. Um, you know, often I'm like, well, it's fun. But this is one where it was genuinely given respect. It was given respect and it lived up to that respect. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm it, so it, happy to hear a that.
0: Doubt. So happy to hear that. And if I may say so, uh, the 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 absolute edition of Sandland is a is a terrific, you know, companion volume to watching this show. I am it's so got,
1: curious about Calvin's Too Many Comics it, Room where he suddenly comes upon it, it, an absolute. Stuff in there I've they're about, very you know? large.
0: It's like the dreaming itself in some ways. But it's really fun. Uh there are great essays by um but Paul Levitz. Uh by Neil himself talking about each issue. So it's it's a lot of fun to kind of have it. Or
2: if you want a lower price point, unlike Calvin who works in the book (laughs) industry and didn't have to buy his. I have an advantage. um, They also, at that same time, did a recoloring for the Absolute Edition that they brought out.
0: Yes, um, good point.
2: In regular graphic novel price point. So um, normally I'd say, oh yeah, buy it used. But in this case I'm saying, you want the newest edition, because, to be frank, the first two or three volumes of Sandman were not colored that well. Oh my god. <laughs> they got better with time. By the end, they were the most beautiful thing on earth. But the first couple of volumes, recoloring did everyone a favor. That's so yes, funny yes. No, it,
0: it, it looks good, obviously, never. But yes, there are cheaper price but points than the absolute So mission.
2: you couldn't
1: buy the you, en- entire absolute Sandman sealed with the death overture set on ebay right now for a thousand dollars or best offer but the individual volumes are about a hundred
2: dollars right or alternately you can just buy the the current edition of the trades and you will have pretty much all the same stuff and it'll be great too so either way yeah be a happy fan it's worth it maybe try your library even if they don't have a great graphic novel section sandman's probably in it well very
0: quickly uh that's Neil Gaiman, Sam Keith, uh, Michael Dringenberg, Dringenberg, Dringenberg yeah. and, uh, and edited
2: by Karen, Karen Berger. Berger. Well, uh, that's just the, the regulars. They, Sandman is known for having a large number of guest artists, yes. many of whom are the best in the business. Yes.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, listen, I'm just excited to hear this because Sandman is absolutely a comics classic. It is. And to hear that it got, uh, the adaptation it deserved because let's face it, a lot of comics classics haven't. Yes, yeah. uh, is uh, that's really great.
0: The streaming really series great. has changed that's adaptations. Really
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. it it really is being treated, I would say, with equivalent respect to like Tolkien or Game of Thrones because yeah. that can level read the narrative
0: out. They can really pay attention to the narrative. They don't have to, you know, and, chop well, it off. It. I don't. Two I don't hours. think it's
2: just that. Although no. that is important. I think that's a huge part I, of it. But yes. I think part of it is that Sandman has been around for just long enough and respected for just long enough that the generation of people making content decisions at Netflix understood what a gem they had.
1: Well, they, I mean, everybody's always known that Sandman is <laughs> yes, is, yes. is a bestseller but, by a beloved author. Well, I, I mean, that's, no know secret. that,
2: but oftentimes things that are bestsellers by a beloved author and are optioned for that reason by people who don't understand why it's good and why right. people like it right. get the wrong treatment. Yes. This is clearly Everyone up and down the chain knew what they had on their hands and treated it in the right way for this particular type of material. So, you know, yes, it's a slightly pretentious prestige piece that's also incredibly gorgeous and very fun. Uh, Very good.
0: There you go.
1: Well. I
0: guess guess it's time for the main event. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, As if that was a... Oh, I hope we have less to talk about in two weeks because this has been exhausting. And there will be
0: more
2: to come.